0: to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Well, hello there, my darlings. Welcome to today's episode of Counter Melody. Guess what? I have such exciting news. I have my microphone back for the first time in more than two months. So I don't know if the recorded quality is going to be any better or not, but it certainly makes me feel more professional. So there we go. I have just one quick note about last week's episode. Right after I posted it, I got on a Skype call with my mother and I asked her about those last two German Kinderlieder that we heard, and she recognized both of them. In particular, the one that Lutra Pop sang she said, "Oh, that's now the light has gone away." And when she said that, I got chills. I have to tell you because that was our evening prayer right before we went to sleep every night. "Now the light has gone away. Father, listen while I pray, etc., etc." I was profoundly moved and a little disturbed at that that Something inside of me, I knew that that was a tune that kept its hold on me. And I have to say, that remains true of so many of those Lutheran hymns. I hear them, and I get really choked up. Now, this past week, it's been nine years since my father died, and... I'm remembering back to when he was in hospice and I was able to be with him. Those last two full days that he was alive, I sat and sang hymns to him, being that he was a minister. We had a Lutheran hymnal and a Bible and a prayer book and all of those things lying around in his room. And I picked up the hymnal and I started to sing to him. He was no longer quote-unquote conscious, but I do think that he heard me. We're moving on to a different topic today. What is that topic? Glamour.
1: I put a spell
2: on you Because you're mine
3: You better stop the things you do Tell you I ain't
4: lying I ain't lying You know I can't stand it You're running around You know better.
0: off the episode, let's just consider the Oxford English Dictionary definition of the word glamour. First of all, let's look at the etymology. It's a Scots word that was introduced into the literary language by Scott. I'm assuming that's Sir Walter Scott. A corrupt form of the word grammar from the Scots word glamour. By dissimulation from grammar, in the sense of learning or erudition. The Scots word is popularly associated with occult practices. Whoa! So let's look at the definition, first meaning magic, enchantment, or spell, especially in the phrase to cast the glamour over one not even really aware of that definition. The second meaning, a magical or fictitious beauty attaching to any person or object, a delusive or alluring charm. Whoa, charm, attractiveness, physical allure, especially feminine beauty. And they cite that as a particularly US meaning. And I think that's true. I mean, that's certainly what I associate with the word glamour.
5: You know I can't stand it. You're running.
0: So given today's topic, I think that that opener by Annie Lennox of I Put a Spell on You is kind of perfect. She's certainly one of the most glamorous pop singers of the past decades. And man, what a voice. Now there are many different things that we associate with glamour. We think of glamour as being a term having to do with beauty or allure. There can be, of course, physical glamour, or, in the case of singers, there can be a vocal quality that lends an incredible beguilingness. I don't think that's really a word, but it's alright, I'm coining it. Yes, so we're beguiled by certain voices, and this voice that I'm going to play for you now, Rosa Poncel, is for me... The most beguiling, the most alluring. This makes my eyes roll back in my head. It is She is such a supreme vocalist. here's another singer who's much less well-remembered today than she should be, I think. I'm speaking of the Polish soprano Teresa Gillescara. We heard her a few weeks ago on my episode about Fedora Parbieri because the two of them sang together in Angelica at the Met, at approximately the time that this live recording that we're about to listen to was made. This recording is of a live performance in November 1977 of the Vierletzte de Lieder, the four last songs of Richard Strauss, with Zubin Mehta conducting the LA Philharmonic. This is the first song, Frühling. The high tessitura of this holds no terrors for her, Just lie back and bathe in the sumptuousness of this voice. Now here's another singer who was perhaps too celebrated for her physical allure and not enough for her vocal accomplishment, Carol Neblett, the late California-born soprano who had an exceptionally wide repertoire, who sang with incredible technique, musicality, guts, I just think she's phenomenal. Now here is a clip from a live performance that she gave in 1973 of Thais by Massenet. She's a courtesan for whom this vindictive monk develops a major fixation. He's quite a piece of work, by the way. Here she is at the beginning of the second act singing an excerpt of the so-called Mirror Aria, talking about how she's afraid of growing old and that she's asking her mirror to assure her that she will always be beautiful. This next singer is another who is possessed of extreme vocal beauty. That is, of course, the iconic Leontine Price. This is a live performance from days before my birthday in 1978. I was not born in 1978, mind you. I remember watching this on television. It was a live from the White House concert. Here, Price is accompanied by her usual collaborator David Garvey and they're performing the Ned Roram song The Silver Swan to a text by Orlando Gibbons. Oh, another singer who perhaps fewer of you are aware of but i think she possesses one of the most glorious voices that i've ever heard in my life her name is florence Quartararo. she was an italian-american soprano she was briefly married to italo tayo she had a, also a very brief career at the met when she became pregnant her husband Tao convinced her that she should give up her career to raise their children together. The marriage did not last, but in spite of that she never resumed her career. Thankfully we do have a number of live recordings as well as just a smattering of studio recordings that she made. What I'm going to offer for you today is something from a rather horrendous Victorian cycle called A Cycle of Life. This is the first movement of that. It's called Prelude. The Music is by one Landon Ronald, and the poet is Harold Simpson. This is a live radio broadcast from 1945, when she was in her early 20s. In response to that gem, I'd just like to offer that quote from Noel Coward, one of whose songs we will be hearing later in the podcast. Extraordinary how potent cheap music is. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's sung like that. Now, this next song I don't think is cheap music at all. It's the James Bland song, Carry Me Back to Old Virginia. Interestingly, James Bland was an African-American singer and composer. The song here is performed by Eleanor Stieber, who we heard a few weeks ago singing the Knoxville summer of 1915. She is one of my very favorite singers, and she is one who is constantly dedicated to expressing the full meaning of the text. This is completely apart from her being a vocal and a technical paragon. This next singer is a rather problematic one for me, but she certainly does exemplify glamour. That is the Maori soprano Kiri Kanawa. I always was beguiled by the sheer beauty of the voice, as I was equally disturbed by her apparent lack of conviction or commitment. I remember listening to her first recording of The Four Last Songs, <laughs> And saying, it sounds like she's adjusting her girdle. I know. (laughs) It's just how it struck me. It is a very beautiful voice. It's heard to interesting effect here, in what is for her an early recording, approximately nineteen seventy-three, of the aria from Salambo, that fictitious opera that was composed by, at least the aria was composed by, Bernard Herrmann for the score of Citizen Kane. The title character has developed an obsession with a lounge singer whom he is attempting to make over into an opera star. She is woefully unequal to the task and crashes and burns when he buys her an opera in which she is featured and in which she is completely humiliated. Kirite sings that shit out of this, even though you can hear that the engineers took that high D at the end and plopped it on there. You can hear the splice, but nevertheless, it's a glorious note. For what is a curiously appropriate piece, she gives a vocally compelling performance, for sure. (laughs) by contrast, we are going to hear one of my most adored singers of all time, and that is the German soprano Lotte Lehmann. She is at least as vocally resplendent as Kiri Tekanoa, but her primary commitment, like Eleanor Stieber's, is toward expressing the meaning of the words. Here is an excerpt from an opera called Das Wunder der Heliane, in which Lehmann sang early performances. I don't believe she sang the premiere. This recording is one of the great moments in recorded history. Unfortunately, I'm only going to offer a portion of it. This is a narrative in which Heliane the title character, describes giving herself to a young man who has been sentenced to death. It's a complicated story. Don't even ask. What is so extraordinary here, though, is the mounting passion in the narrative. We're only hearing a portion of the recording, as I said, but you still hear how Korngold, who wrote the opera, writes an incredibly intense layer upon layer upon layer of more and more intensity, passion, and frankly, a sexual energy. It's really, it, this blows my mind every time I hear it, only figuratively speaking. Schengold, like Bernard Herrmann, of course was known primarily during his lifetime as a composer of film music. Since his death, he has become more renowned for his operas, in particular Die Tote Stadt. And of course, Die Tote Stadt has yielded perhaps the most glamorous soprano aria of all time, Glück, das mir verblieb, or Marietta's Lied. In the original opera, it's actually more of a duet than it is a solo. But from the very beginning, it was often taken over exclusively as a solo by sopranos. One of those early recordings is by the Hungarian soprano Maria Nemet. I think that even though there are more beautiful voices that have recorded this, the sheer technical aplomb And musical refulgence with which she approaches this aria really makes it one of my very favorite versions of all time. Again, I can't offer the whole thing just for reasons of time, but I am going to offer at least a portion of it for you to bask in, which I hope you will do. So in that example, we heard how a voice that is not perhaps by definition a lush, plush one can still make incredible expressive effects and musical effects. It feels like another lifetime ago now, but about a year ago, David and I took a trip to Prague where he delivered a paper and I decided to pick up a few recordings by Czech singers. I grabbed one by a singer whose name I recognized, but I didn't really know anything about her. That singer is Hanna Janku. As you will hear in this, again, excerpted example from her recording of D'Amor Sulali Rose, it's a somewhat acerbic, acidic voice, but she uses it with such extraordinary insight and skill that my jaw hit the floor when I first heard this. In spite of the fact that she makes a few verbal mistakes, I forgive her, I don't care. And she takes the D-flat option that I so prefer in this aria, that not so many singers do, but when you hear it, you realize that Verdi knew what he was writing and what he was asking for. A friend of mine recently said that Montserrat Caballé was a singer who he simply did not get. Okay, I can accept that. I'm actually a huge Caballé admirer. Of some of those singers that appeared in the mid-60s who had equally enormous careers, Caballé definitely appeals to me more than some of them. This is a singer who has such vocal beauty, who has such technical facility at her disposal, that she can make the most of a very unusual voice. I really think Cabaye exemplifies the idea of the steel fist in the velvet glove. Sometimes her hangouts are very shrill and harsh, but she has the magnificent piano such as very few other singers, in fact only two other singers that I can think of really had at their disposal. Also, she could spin out a breath all day long. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I'm going to offer a portion of her studio recording of the Canzone di Toretta, another very glamorous soprano aria. This from Puccini's La Rondine. This is singing of the
6: very highest order.
0: Next is another singer who is a problematic one for me. For any lover of singing, she's a problematic figure, and that is Anna Moffo, who surely possessed an extraordinarily beautiful voice, but who lacked for much of her career the technical facility, the technical requirements, really, to do full justice to some of the roles that she sang. Okay, that's a given. And speaking of Thais, as we heard earlier, she's infamous for her recording of Thais, with the late Gabriel Bacchier as Atanael, that horny monk that we were talking about before. Bakier is nearly definitive in his assumption of that role, and as Moffo is disastrous. It still is legendary as one of the greatest vocal disasters of all time. I don't want to malign Ms. Moffo. I have really attempted in the past few years to listen to her with, with my ears more open. And even though one can always find little technical glitches, for a great deal of her singing in the 1960s, she was capable of singing with extraordinary beauty. And speaking of extraordinary beauty, she certainly was the most glamorous figure that we're going to be considering today. If you really want a treat, you should look on YouTube for episodes of her 1960s Italian television variety series. It's a hoot. I'm going to offer you a little bit of operetta. Victor Herbert from Naughty Marietta. This is the Italian street song, and just on a personal note, I will say that when David and I went to Naples a couple times, (laughs) when the world was different, I would often go around the house singing this song, the Italian street song, when she says, my heart is back in Napoli. And certainly my heart is in Napoli, and I kind of wish my body were there as well. But nevertheless, we'll go searching the streets of Napoli for mandolinas gay some other time. Here's Anamorpho singing the Italian street song. Last week we had a little bit of Hildegüden to fill our souls and our hearts. And I'm going to offer this time a German operetta. This is Judita, a piece that was probably... Probably one of Franz Lehar's most significant compositions, certainly after The Merry Widow. Here Hildeguden is joined by Karl Friedrich, a German tenor, who has a remarkable vocal resemblance, I think, to Richard Tauber, whom we heard last week. Here the two of them are singing the duet Schön wie die blaue Sommernacht. It's dreamy.
2: Sommer Nacht Sommernacht, so wunderschön, wie der See des Pracht bracht, wie du mein süßes Reit. Und ich liebe deine feinsten Leib, und ich liebe deiner Augenblut und dein wildes heißes Blut. Dein Herz, mir schenkt, dann mir ganz allein. Bitte, und ewig du so sein, du so kommst du zu mir, mir, wie vom Schicksal getrieben du zu
5: mir. mir. Ich
2: du mich stirbt meine Hand. Hand.
0: Friedrich is our gateway to tenor glamour on this episode. I'm going to offer just a few of the most exquisite and glamorous tenor voices out there. The first is Miguel Fleta, the Spanish tenor Perhaps he didn't sing with the most good taste, but he certainly had a mesmerizing vocal quality, the technique to carry that voice. Some of the diminuendos that he does in this truncated recording of Ateocara from Ipuritani of Bellini, they've never been matched. I used to listen to this over and over and over and more or less burst into tears when he heard certain phrases. You'll hear them. Here is a more recent Spanish tenor who I think possesses one of the most glorious tenor voices of the past 50 years. That is Jose Carreras. I don't think those other two of the three tenors had a voice that could compare with his just in terms of vocal beauty. This was from his debut recital recording... Giuseppe Verdi's Le Mie Letizie Infondere from I Lombardi. A few years before this, Carreras had sung it in a concert performance in London. That was one of his early successes, and of course, his career was cut short when he developed leukemia. Thankfully, he recovered. He has recently retired from concertizing, but I have to say, because of that illness, I don't think he ever really fulfilled his potential. But, to hear there's a vocal generosity here, as well as extreme vocal beauty, which really, I think, registers as glamour. Perhaps the most glamorous tenor of all is Fritz Wunderlich, in spite of the fact that Krista Ludwig, in a recent interview, trashed him as a person. Well, that's her right. We only have the voice now. And speaking of truncated careers, of course, Wunderlich had a tragic accident which resulted in his death before he had reached the age of 40, before he had sung at the Metropolitan Opera. He could have been, he would have been, he was one of the great German voices of all time. Early in his career, I believe this was in the 1950s, he recorded a lot of Schlager, as the Germans call it, and we call it Schlag, of course, in English, and it's pretty much the same thing. These are arrangements and songs that one would have encountered also on the hit parade in the United States in the 1950s. This one is called Niemals Lass Ich Dich Allein. I will never leave you alone, ever. And in this recording, there's a short trumpet solo, which Wunderlich also plays. So he sings and plays in this. And it's a charmer.
6: Niemals lasse ich dich allein Immer will ich bei dir sein Bleibe bei mir dann spüre ich dir, niemals lasse ich dich allein. Die zarten Rosen, die ich dir schenke, sie sollen ein Zeichen dafür sein, dass ich dich liebe, an dich nur denke und dass mein Herz bleibt ewig dein. Du bist die Liebe, du bist das Leben, du bist das große Glück für mich. Die wahre Liebe kannst du nur geben und deshalb schlägt mein Herz für dich. Lass ich dich allein, ohne dich kann ich nicht sein. Mach meinen
0: another singer who was possessed of enormous glamour. That's Dorothy Kirsten. She was a protégé of the soprano Grace Moore, who also began her career on the radio. Dorothy Kirsten also began as a girl singer on the radio, but gradually developed into quite a respectable opera singer. It's not the most plush voice I've ever heard, but, well, she has an enormous amount of fun with this number from the Gershwins' OK, called Do Do Do, in which she is accompanied by Percy Faith and his orchestra and chorus.
3: Do, 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 do what you've done 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 before, baby. Do, do, do what I do, do, do adore. Cry again, sigh again, fly again to heaven. Baby, see, it's ABC. I love you and you love me. I know, know, know what a bo-bo-bo should do. Baby, so don't, don't, don't say it won't, won't, won't.
0: This next voice is truly one of the wonders of the world of singing, and that is Helen Traubel. She certainly ranks as one of the very greatest American singers. She was a Wagnerian soprano, always with a little bit of a short top, but man, I've been listening to some recordings of hers Recently, and she's just the bee's knees. This one was recorded, I believe she was no longer singing opera at this point. It's from probably the late 50s or maybe early 60s. I'd say it's the late 50s. And here she's singing the perennial favorite September song by Kurt Weill and Maxwell Anderson from their show Knickerbocker Holiday. I've never heard a more vocally beautiful version of this song ever.
3: Oh, we- It's a
6: long, long
7: while from May to December,
3: but the days grew short when you reach September, when the autumn
5: Hey.
0: wonderful to hear the contralto tones of that Wagnerian soprano Helen Traubel. Now we're going to listen to a few low-voiced female pop singers, and we're going to start with Alice Faye, who really is the personification of vocal and physical glamour. She was a big, big, big movie star, but she also had a superb voice, and here she is singing the Mac Gordon, Harry, Revel number, There's a Lull in My Life.
3: Oh, there's a lull in my life, it's just a void and empty space, when you are not in my embrace. my life, the moment that you go away, there is no night, there is no day, the clock stops ticking, the world stops turning, everything stops but that flame in my heart that keeps burning, burning. Oh, there's a lull in my life No matter how I may pretend I know that you alone can end
0: The
5: ache in my heart The call of my arms The love
0: This next singer is much more problematic. I don't know how much US Americans know about Zara Leander. She was a very problematic figure. What can I say? She was Swedish, but she became a big star during the Nazi era. This really tainted her reputation and the way in which posterity regards her. Although in Germany, she went through a rehabilitation as, you know, these... People do, suddenly everybody forgets what it was that she was doing. Anyway, this is a performance in Swedish of a song called Parlami d'amore, Mariu, which is from a film called L'uomini che mascalzoni. Men, what bastards. <laughs> it was originally sung by Vittorio De Sica, who's one of my favorite directors and actors. It's a charming song. I wasn't sure of the provenance of it, so I was interested to discover that it actually is from a film. Well, Leander sang it more or less around the time that De Sica first did it, I think, and she does it here in Swedish called "Harlekin er nu varje dag. or something like that.
7: Om jag håller så oundviklig
5: kär.
7: Blommorna visnar och sommars dagar
5: förgår. Trotsan de tiden
7: som flyktar min kärlek ändå.
0: singer is named Liane, or Liane Augustin was her full name, but she generally was known professionally as Liane. She made a big career in Vienna, but she was born in Berlin. Her first appearances, I think, were in the Eurovision contest. Her song fared fairly well in the competition. She went on to perform with the Bohème Bar Trio, with which she made an enormous number of recordings on the Vanguard label. They're extremely classy. They are the epitome of European glamour. And I love her. Here she is singing a Robert Stolz song called Tränen fallen im Herbst einer Liebe. So it's a little hard to translate, but it means... um, when a love is in its autumnal days, that's when the tears fall. It's a beautiful song, and she gives it a stunning performance.
4: Zeit, du fließt unaufhaltsam Ziehst mich mit so gewaltsam Einst Leib ich in Demut, mit Liedern der Wehmut, allein Tränen fallen im Herbst deine Liebe, wie das Laub im November wind. Tränen Machen die Augen so trübe, wie die Fenster im Regen sind, ein Kuss so kühl, das Feuer ist ausgeglüht und ein Gefühl, als wäre auch das Herz verblüht. Die Liebe, die mit Lisa Kirk
0: was wonderful performer as well. She was in the original production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's mm, not-so-successful Allegro, in which she sang The Gentleman Is a Dope. She was also in the original production of Kiss Me Kate by Cole Porter, which was an enormous success. She was also a cabaret and lounge performer, and here she sings the Rodgers and Hart favorite my funny valentine one of my favorite songs and it's an exquisite performance
3: behold the way our fine feathered friend his virtue doth parade thou knowest not my dim-witted friend the picture thou hast made thy vacant brow and thy tousled hair Conceal thy good intent Thy noble, upright, truthful, sincere And slightly dopey gent you my funny valentine Sweet Valentine You make me smile With my heart Your looks are laughable unphotographable. Yet you're my face of art. is your figure less than Greek, is your mouth a little weak, when you open it to speak, are you smart? your hair for me Not if you care for me Stay little Valentine
0: mentioned that we were going to hear a little Noel Coward. We're going to hear the song I'll See You Again from his operetta slash musical Bittersweet. The singer here is one who was born in the same town that I was and her name was Hildegard. She was known on the cabaret circuit as the incomparable Hildegard. She is kind of incomparable actually. This is that gorgeous tearjerker, I'll See You Again, and she gives it a glamorous yet heartfelt reading.
5: I'll see
3: you again whenever spring breaks through again.
5: Time may lie heavy But what has been is past forgetting. This
3: sweet memory across the years.
0: Speaking of glamour, there is no better example of glamour than Diane Carroll, the African-American singer and actress who died last year. I featured her on my end-of-year tribute last year, singing the song from Funny Girl, The Music That Makes Me Dance. Here she is singing A Sleepin' Bee from the Harold Arlen Truman Capote musical House of Flowers, in which she made her first appearance as a very very young performer actually and she sings the song asleep and be god i love this song diane carroll is class glamour charm beauty she's all of those things i treasure her dearly and the world misses her
8: but how does a lady how does she know if she's really in love
4: when a bee lies sleeping in the palm of your
3: hand you're bewitched and deep in
4: Sleep on, be don't wake. On, can't believe
5: what just passed. He's mine for the taking.
3: I'll walk with my feet
5: off the ground when my one true
0: Here's another African-American singer, the idiosyncratic jazz artist Betty Carter. She went on to make some very strange recordings, which when you're in the right mood, they're pretty fabulous. This is from her first recording, and it is of the song Moonlight in Vermont. What an extraordinary voice. I mean, this is a voice that drips glamour, frankly. I remember first discovering her when I was just, I was still a teenager. It was a compilation. They were all African-American jazz singers, female jazz singers, and she was featured in a few different numbers, but I remember this one. The way she dips into that low register, it's just so freaking delicious. Penny
8: in a stream, falling leaves of sycamore in Vermont, icy finger waves, ski trails down the mountainside, snow Telegraph cables, they sing down the highway And travel each bit in the road People who meet in this romantic setting Are so hypnotized
0: jazz singer, active in our present day, also possessed of an incredibly deep, sexy voice, and that is Cassandra Wilson. Talk about someone who, again, just drips glamour. And real sexuality that is cassandra wilson she's doing a song here by muddy waters and somebody named bumblebee slim it's a blues number called honeybee it's got an incredible accompaniment and she is cooking here i love her
8: Sailing, darling, until you lose your happy home. Well, you know, I hear a lot of humming, y'all. Sounds just like my sweet honey. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of humming, y'all, it I'm just like my sweet honeybee mm-hmm. Now I don't mind you saying
0: So as we started the episode with Annie Lennox, we're gonna end with Annie Lennox too. I think she was the personification of a kind of alternative glamor. She's also, I would say, the most accomplished pop vocalist certainly that I can think of. When I first started listening to Eurythmics, they were already kind of on the way out. I'm always a little bit behind with my pop music interests. This song has such vocal glamour, and that is from their album Be Yourself Tonight. It's There Must Be an Angel Playing With My Heart, and Stevie Wonder plays an amazing harmonica obligato on this. Dave Stewart, Annie Lennox, Eurythmics, There Must Be An Angel Playing With My Heart. Next week, my darlings, I have at least as many examples of glamour to present to you as we did today. We're going to go in a slightly different direction with some of the clips, but we will hear opera singers, we will hear pop singers, we will hear operetta singers, and we're going to hear some movie stars too, which is always fun. Pretty much everything. Do join me next week for Glamour Part 2.
3: Suddenly my heart goes boo It's an orchestra of angels
0: As always, my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. I'll see you next week.
1: Hang in there.